We saw the flash. This will be a spoiler-free discussion. I gotta have Connor Behrens here with me. Later, we'll have Brian Chatlin, my co-host, and Eric Hosman to talk Spider-Man. Let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. What do you think of that, that music, buddy? That was a pretty cool intro. Isn't that cool? I, I don't know if you have I don't know if you've ever seen those uh Dead Mall series by Dan Bell on YouTube, but it was very reminiscent of like the eighties, nineties intros he do he does. Oh, is that right? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. My assistant, my nine year old daughter, just brought me some water. <laughs> nice. So my friend Freak Bass, who's an amazing human being and an amazing bass player. Uh, he he did that music for us and his beautiful wife did our logo and then a buddy of mine did the little graphic video. So we've had a lot of support here in our little show, sir. Connor, you and I go way back. First, why don't you tell everybody who the hell you are? Because when I met you, you're young now, but you're even younger then. And you were <laughs> a film critic for the Ga- What is the newspaper there? The Galveston what? Uh, so I previously worked at the Galveston County Daily News. Um, okay. I had been uh, doing film critic reviews for a lot of publications online while working at that newspaper. Uh, since then, I, I uh, had have gone on to work at several other magazines and publications and newspapers. I currently am in the corporate world. Uh, I'm working at a company uh, uh, in Galveston, Texas. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a long time since we have we have chat and done one of these things. I think the last time we were on a, a, a thing together was uh, uh, we all got together for a Justice League trailer reaction. And that was like in 2017. Yes. Over at my old outlet on BOF. In fact, we have a BOF alum joining us here in just a little bit. Really, Eric's straight out of Gotham thing is on fire. So he's got his own podcast, too. But um, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. So you and I met initially at the Rogue One Star Wars press screening. And I remember when those Disney era Lucasfilm Star Wars movies were coming out, starting with Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, man, I was getting really early access. You know, you and I saw that movie like a good literal solid week before it came out, if you remember. It wasn't just like two days. I mean, it was like a week. And I felt like I felt like Lucasfilm had like drones over my house and everything. What year was that? Two thousand. 16? 16 yeah Woo! end of 2016 i was still in, in college back then wow I was, I was, yeah that was that was a while ago you know i will never forget you helped me out because it was somebody on reddit back in 2016 17 somewhere in there spreading some rumors about me do you remember this when i was over you know at what? i i completely yeah. forgot about all that but it's it's coming back to me yeah you call i think you called me and then my friend mark hughes somehow got in the middle of it and he was just being helpful and I was like, who is this that I leaked some script or some some stuff online? I was like, I don't have anything to leak, A and B. I don't even have a login for Reddit. I've never been on Reddit. And you went on Reddit for me, and you were like, this dude <laughs> asked me to do this. And I actually think I had you put my phone number up going, whoever's spreading these rumors, why don't you call me? Let's set this straight. Uh, I have joked over the years so many times, dude, that you know I've had like political podcasts and things where it's very contentious politics nothing compares to how vitriolic is that a word vitriolic this kind of stuff can be fandom right 
It's vicious. Oh, yeah. Fans go crazy. I mean, it's way beyond like PC versus Apple or, or you know, it's team <laughs> team sports rivals. Like, yeah, fans, oof, they get really pumped. Yeah. Really it's passionate. Good. It's really interesting, especially when it comes to DC, Zack Snyder specifically, and Star Wars. Ooh, boy, Star Wars. That has aged me over the years. Well, anyway, it's great to see you. I ran into you um, uh, at the um, Flash screening on Monday night. Yeah, it was it was a surprise. I uh, I saw you from a distance, and I was like, "That looks like Rick." And then you introduced yourself, and I'm like, "Okay, it's yeah. Rick." Yeah, very nice. So life's good. yeah, life is life is great. Yeah, living on Galveston Island here in Texas, enjoying enjoying the uh, the beach and all the great things to do here. Uh, weather's getting a little too humid and hot already, but hey, it's well, all good. I, you know, when we met first time, I was here in Houston for, because that's where I'm at now in Cyprus in my, in my home, but I was uh, still full-time in Dallas and we, but I went to Houston for the premiere and then I run into you in Pearland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston for this all these years later. It's just crazy how things happen. Crazy, my friend, crazy. Well, look, let's get to it. So uh, this is kind of a two-part show. It is live, so we're doing it live. So we screw up or something, you know. And by the way, there has been technical issues. I probably shouldn't put this out in the universe, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, around my neighborhood, there was a major storm yesterday. ATT has been going out, so let's just hope that the podcast gods are on my side today. And I'm in this new chair. I'm going to adjust here, so excuse me. Uh, so you and I saw The Flash on Monday. Oh, and Eric Holzman and Brian Chatlin will be discussing Spider-Man here in about 20 minutes. So again, a two-part show. So what I thought we would do right now and this is going to be hard for you and i i think is that especially since we're live so it's a real test is that we need this to be 100 spoiler free you think you can pull that yeah. off i i actually uh wrote some notes to go off on so that it would kind of force me to like not go in another direction so I yeah know, i know because there's things i want to say so specifically but i can't it's like this no. thing this thing so Let's start off with this. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to I'm going to kind of start in terms of how I felt about it. And then I'm going to I'm going to pass it on to you. So to frame this, if you know me, I'm a huge, huge Batman fan. Huge. And uh, Michael Keaton is the Batman that I grew up with. Well, technically, Adam West is in terms of live action. I got the reruns. But uh, it was the summer before my freshman year in high school when Batman 89 came out. And I saw that movie 20, 25 times in the theater. It's no joke, not being hyperbolic in the least, like quite literally that many times at the AMC and on Gus Thomas in Mesquite, Texas. And um, and I've been, uh, you know, a Michael Keaton fan ever since. Uh, Not a big fan of Batman Returns, but I still watch it just because he's in it. And his return to this film was like it's a it was a big deal for me is a big deal for me. So I went in with expectations of uh, just having a good time and seeing the return of Michael Keaton. And I got those. Without question. Now, with that said, let me get the negative out of the way. I've seen it once. I see it again Monday. I did not love this movie. I hate that I didn't love this movie. About midway through this movie, I remember going, man, I don't know. I don't know if I like this movie very much. Or no, no, I don't know if I'm going to love this movie is a better way to phrase it. And I ultimately didn't. So I've got a lot of issues with it. The things that I really, that worked for me, worked really well. And there's things I really love about it. There's some things I don't like about it. There's some things that are very questionable. Um, but I'm very anxious to see it again. So I'm going to say the floor is yours and then we'll kind of bounce off each other. So your reaction and then how do you feel about this film? And let everybody know how many times you've seen it, please. 
sure. Oh, so I've only seen the flash once so far. Okay. Um, Same. and, uh, I, uh, I'm a, I'm, I enjoyed what Zack Snyder did. Uh, I, I'm a pretty solid fan of Man of Steel. Uh, it could be a whole nother discussion on if, if the path WB and Snyder went following Man of Steel was the right one or not. But I really enjoyed Man of Steel. So I was very excited about this movie, hearing that it was kind of going to revisit some events of Man of Steel. Uh, I grew up watching the Michael Keaton Batman movies on my dad's old tube TV upstairs in our game room. Uh, obviously, I went to see Christian Bale in theaters first, but I still I think my first, you know, it was it was cartoons and it was Michael Keaton. That was kind of the first few ways I, I saw um I was introduced to the character of Batman. Uh, so I was really interested in this because I enjoyed Ezra Miller's take on Flash in previous films. Uh, I really, really love Michael Keaton as Batman. Uh, I'm a huge Superman fan. So I was excited that we would finally get to see Supergirl again because God knows it's been like a million years since that Helen Slater film in the 80s. Um, so I wouldn't say I loved this. But uh, it's it's by no means, in my opinion, a train wreck or anything. I would say I really, 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 really liked it. Um, and I would say that considering everything that's going on with Ezra Miller in real life, it doesn't surprise me that Warner Brothers tried to tout this and market this as like the most amazing superhero film in several years because they kind of needed like they needed something to to stick with with everyone and and market it and so i that's just what they decide to go with and i think if you go into this film expecting it to be like the best superhero film you've seen since like endgame or something you're going to be disappointed I agree. but if you go in if you go in expecting to have a good fun time with a with a popcorn uh uh blockbuster film i think it's very enjoyable and I, I think the script is, is very smart and witty. I, I like its themes on tragedy and letting go of the past. Uh, but like you, there's some things that were um, done in the film that I'm qu- not quite sure I that really gelled with me. Um, but yeah, so like you, I didn't love this movie, but I did really, really like it. No, that's where I'm at as well. In fact, I told my daughters when I came home from the screening, hey, did you like it? I'm like, well... I said, I, you know, I was going to make a reactionary video after, after the film. And I just, I didn't, I was uncharacteristically speechless. I didn't know what to say. I needed to sit on it. I needed to sleep on it. And they were like, so daddy, are we going to like it? I said, I said, yes, I think actually you guys are going to love it. I said, because the issues daddy has with it have more to do with my, I'm going to say this, my history with certain actors and certain characters and things of that nature, much more of a frame of reference and expectations based on those going in with a clean slate or a very like, you know, just casual slate. I think that it's a great time at the theaters. I, and what, what surprised me is that the humor was great. I, I do think the humor got carried away a little bit. There's a couple of bits I wish I could comment on that. I wish like maybe less was more kind of deal, but I don't want to get into that obviously, but uh, for the most part, it worked, but the stuff that was sweet, it did have a lot of heart and the everything really with not just Ezra Miller and his mom, but also a lot of the stuff with his dad. And I was disappointed that uh, Billy Crudup was not returning to the role. I don't even know why. Maybe you do. I don't I don't uh, know. Because of COVID, I think that, you know, uh, he was shooting that film, that TV show he does with Jennifer Aniston and uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, that morning Mm -hmm. show thing on Apple TV. Uh, And because of COVID and filming schedules, I don't think he could travel to London to shoot this because it was shooting during COVID. 
Oh, I see. That's why. Well, I love. Oh, my goodness. What is his name? The actor. I will always know him from Office Space. That will always be. I can't remember his name. Is it Rob Livingston? It's Livingston. That's it. Something Livingston. Yeah. 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 And I mean, he's still he's he's Peter. He's hey, Peter. Check out Channel 8, dude. I still think. Go ahead. Uh, I still think he looks quite a bit like Ezra. It's not like they they tried to cast someone who didn't completely look different than Ezra. I think they did a good job with the parents. But yes, I really enjoyed um, uh, uh, the scenes of his father from Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. And I really wish they could have continued that arc with that character. And I mean, with that actor, excuse me. But um, stuff happens, I guess. Yeah, stuff happens. You know, so often when there's a recasting for a character like that it's sometimes difficult i remember like with you you referenced the nolan trilogy earlier um you know maggie gillenhall stepping in for um for uh mrs cruz what's her name i can't get rachel dawes out of my head the character's name katie holmes. Uh, katie holmes katie holmes you know and that was that was you know always just weird it was weird now stuff like you know tommy lee jones playing harvey dent in batman forever versus um Versus Billy D. Billy Williams. D. Williams. Yeah, that's more like, okay, this is a soft reboot. There's all kinds of aesthetic differences. There's a new Batman, et cetera. But for something like this, this was this is the same the same canon. I mean, I guess in a weird way, we could justify it with the whole multiverse thing. But, but he obviously uh, couldn't do it. But yeah. But anyway, so there's some really sweet moments with, with him and his parents. And even though some of the shtick wore on me a little bit, it got a little too like Bill and Ted-esque. And Bill and Ted's great on its own, but uh, trying to emulate that in 2023 is weird. Hell, it was weird for the actors to try to do that in 2020, quite frankly. But um, uh, but I think he did a really good job. I try to separate for when I can the artist from the art, and uh, there's sometimes I can't. I won't get into it because it could be contentious to somebody listening, but there are certain songs or certain films for certain people that are in them. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. This, this person's not a good person. You know, I still cringe every time I see an old Merrimax film and it has Harvey Weinstein's name on the screen. I'm like, Oh shit. I got to disassociate it. Of course you don't have to look at him, So that's good. But um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he's truly guilty of. It's questionable, but it's also not, it's not good. And there's been some stuff that's, that's problematic. Uh, hopefully he gets help, but I do, I find it interesting. Uh, and you referenced this a moment ago, how they're handling the marketing of this thing. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah. No, Ezra Miller, no, uh, Ezra Miller. I think they are going to be, they are going to be going to the premiere. Uh, uh, but I don't think when Ezra's there, I don't think they're going to be able to like say anything or speak to fans. They're just going to take photos. Do we know anything this week leading up to the, you know, or next week, really, I should say the um, to the release of this thing? In other words, is like Michael Keaton booked on Jimmy Kimmel is I don't, I don't even think know. They, I, I don't, don't think know. they can. I don't think they can because of the writer's strike. Oh, so all that's shows, right. That's right. So it's very weird. There's been like interviews done on like morning shows and stuff with Sasha Callie and, and the director and uh, his sister, who's the producer. Uh, and and Michael Keaton like is making like appearances like I guess he would made an appearance last night or early this morning at a theater screening somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it was London. I I don't quote me on that. I can't remember. But yeah, it's very subdued marketing. They're just throwing a bunch of money at like TV spots in front of uh, like NBA games and stuff. And just I think that's why they're trying to push this 
uh, out to so many fans and screenings because they're like, just tell everyone that this is a fun time in the movies. We we really know like DC has had an up and down, like their films are not consistent. You can have two great films and the next three are stinkers. And so they're like trying to have fans just be like, oh, this is actually a fun time at the movies. Everyone should go see it. They're trying to push that word of mouth. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how this opens. I, I really have no idea. I mean, I don't know if a majority of the general public knows what Ezra Miller is, is dealing with. I don't think they, they, most people uh, are like in the loop on what Ezra Miller is accused of. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see if Ezra Miller's issues in uh, real life will impact this film at all. Yeah. And you know, the interesting part of everything too, in addition to his issues, his legal problems and the ramifications of those is 800 pound grill in the room, which was just the Snyderverse in general, which, you know, regardless of our own personal opinions of some of the films, whatever, which some I really like, uh, others I don't, but some I do, it doesn't matter. It, it didn't quite resonate and it left a bad taste in the, in the mouths of the mainstream audiences, right? All of it did. Now, what, what was interesting was sort of an anomaly was like Wonder Woman worked and then Aquaman worked. Uh, but Wonder Woman 84, it's kind of hard to tell. I like that movie better than some people did. But it also didn't really get a fair shot because it was during 2020, went to streaming. It was during COVID. I don't really know if that counts. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Aquaman 2. Um, but, you know, since then, it's been, you know, we've had the Batman, the Matt Reeves stuff that's independent. Thank God. And then, which is which is amazing. Um, but then we also are having a shakeup in terms of the direction all this is going. And sometimes I, I have a hard time balancing out the mainstream audience, which is the vast majority of the people that are going to support this film and really the engine behind the success or or lack thereof, depending on their repeat viewings and their word of mouth. So sometimes I I can't quite reconcile, like, what do they know? What do they not know? General audiences are really keeping up with this. But but since we know so much, it's, it's worth noting that there's so much, I don't want to say negativity per se, but there's a lot of things that are sort of just naturally working against this film, promoting Snyderverse characters, which unfortunately just aren't, they just, you know, it's a mixed bag, right? And so how does that work? Also, the fact that uh, we know that, you know, Batgirl was canceled, Michael Keaton was in that, and, and, you know, they had plans for him moving forward. And whether or not that happens remains to be seen. I think a lot of that will, will determine will be determined by the success of this film. But what we do know is the plans they had for him are no longer right. He was going to sort of be the new DCEU Batman, but he was going to be like uh, the Nick Fury. And yeah, I think I think this film was always going to be like a, a nice end to the Snyderverse. Uh, and then it was going to lead into whatever Walter Hermada wanted to do. And now it's going to lead into just whatever James Gunn is doing. And uh, we'll see what happens with Ezra, but I think they're going to be recast. I think James Gunn is probably just wanting all new actors. I mean, I wanted, I wanted Henry Cavill back despite, you know, the up and down quality of his films. I, I like Henry, but I understand with so much baggage, it's, it's time to just cast someone fresh in that role. So. Right, exactly. And it's unfortunate that there's baggage, but there is. And, and, you know, and with him, obviously they're doing sort of a reboot and starting over, not telling, not showing an origin story, but showing the early years of Superman, much like with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, Batman, you have to recast. He's a, right. he's a, he's a really damn fine Superman, but he's an established Superman. He's older. He's, you know, like for James Gunn to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, he's, he's going to be casting somebody in their twenties. 
I mean, we, I mean, that's almost a guarantee, right? So, yeah. and and there's a lot riding on that film for him. But kind of coming back to this, so I don't know what's going to do at the box office either. There is projections of like 70 million domestically, which is not terrible, but it's not great. I mm-hmm. I really just don't know. It's such a weird film to market because they're they're kind of ignoring the lead. It's during the strike. Um, the Snyderverse stuff. I think leaning on that is you know questionable anyway who's the supergirl okay zod's back from man of steel man of steel was not well received by audiences so i don't know is is michael keaton's nostalgia enough to to drive it uh don't know what i do know is you know even someone your age appreciating his work and the role is testimony to your fandom and how great he is but it's also something that could easily not be there you know i've got kids here that are all the way up to 16 years old and they don't know michael keaton's batman they don't they don't know. They know Christian Bell's. It's kind of where they start, you know. Right. Right. They don't even know, you know, Val Kilmer or George Clooney either. To be fair, so I don't know. I have no clue what's going to happen with this film. It's 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 going to be interesting because um, I I enjoyed Man of Steel. I enjoyed some of the other films that Zack Snyder was involved with. Um, obviously, I much preferred the Snyder cut to the theatrical cut. Although I do like some things in in the theatrical cut of justice league um so it was nice to see some of these uh <laughs> it was nice to see some of these actors back in this movie that popped up in previous Zack snyder dc films um but i think it's smart to just be like this is where it stops and we're gonna go forward um but yeah i don't, I don't know what this does i mean ezra miller they do a great job double duty playing two different versions of barry um and that's a hard task Sasha Cali, I think with what she does have, does a good job. And it's cool to see Supergirl again. Um, it's a lot of action, a lot of CGI. Michael Keaton is obviously, it's, it, you don't even have to worry. Michael Keaton, like, it, it doesn't even feel like 30 years have passed since Batman Returns. He, like, just easily snaps back into that role. So th- there's all these great things. I just don't know if, I don't know if the general public's going to be like, well, why is Michael Keaton back and yada, yada. I mean, they've seen No Way Home and Multiverse into Madness, Doctor Strange. So I think most general audiences have some kind of understanding of the multiverse somewhat. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if just seeing a fun action movie with the flash and, and a, a version of Batman is, is going to be enough to, to drive people. We'll see. I mean, I will say there's several, there's several Batman in this movie and the opening like 20, 15 minutes is pretty cool. It's a pretty it, great opening sequence. It's, it's a great opening sequence. And I'll tell you the multiverse thing and I'll be sure if you're watching, this is spoiler-free, but if you don't want any spoiler-y thing at all, quit watching. Because I'm going to say one thing. It's not spoiler, but just it could be construed that way. It leans more into the multiverse stuff, if you will, than I thought it was going to. There were some really cool, oh, yeah. really cool surprises. And I really hope that people don't ruin it online for for people because there were there was a couple of moments and i god i wish i could say you guys were sitting right in front of me and i was like god I, did you see you know <clears throat> but there were some moments that were a major wow factor if you're a dc fan and if you know the lore especially coming from live action from tv to film to everything some really really special moments and, and i love the ending and there's a post-credit oh. scene yes oh the ending dude oh, i wish they could ending. talk I, I, know, wish we, I, I wish believe, we could talk about the ending. I'll just say, I can't believe Andy and WB were able to convince that. Nope, stop. 
Stop, it's just, stop, stop, it's stop. crazy. I will say this. So my, friends of mine that saw it, or really friends of ours, that saw it prior to you and I seeing it, because we did see the final cut, apparently, that that there's a scene that doesn't have certain things going on in it that's a little, little different. And so right. there's some stuff they were certainly keeping under wraps. So let's just... This is the part that was going to be dangerous about you and I doing spoiler free, especially yes. live. Cause dude, there's been like three times I'm going, oh, 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 I can't say, oh, 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 can't say that. Damn well, it. that's, that, that's why I went to see the screen because I think I had maybe gotten like a pass to like something a couple weeks ago. And then I was online and people were saying, well, it's not finished. And I'm like, well, then I'm just going to wait to see the finished thing in theaters. And then this screen in Pearland popped up and I'm like, all right, it seems like this is screening for critics. This is probably the final version. Um, but yeah, I, I would say general audiences probably will enjoy this if they care enough about Batman and Flash and superheroes to go out and see it. Uh, if you are a Zack Snyder fan first and a DC fan second, don't know if you will enjoy this film because I will say uh, Andy Muschietti, he, I think he likes Zack Snyder's work, his visual style. He pays a lot of homage to Zack Snyder. But this is very much, at the end of the day, a celebration of DC. This isn't about, you know, the Tim Burton or Zack Snyder's version of characters. It's just a celebration of all the past decades of DC films. And Absolutely. so if you if you love DC in general, you're very likely going to like this. But if you're like a diehard Zack Snyder fan, I don't know if you will. You're, they're not going to. Let's just yeah. be real. If, they, if if you're not someone who takes joy in these characters outside of that, of those incarnations of said characters, then you're not going to like not only this, you're not going to like anything. A lot of those people, they didn't like the Batman and they're not going to, they're certainly not going to like this one. It's it, 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 it toys with some of the same characters, right? You know what I mean? And it's some of the same yeah. actors. And that's, what's precious to them about this is that it's a, it's a universe that is, has an overwhelming sense of familiarity in these characters but it's also this other thing at the same time. What I would say, and here's the best advice I can give everybody, just my my opinion, is that, and you said it really great at the top of this too, in terms of sort of expectations. If you're if you're going into this expecting Batman three with Michael Keaton, don't 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 do that to yourself. That's part partly what I did, and so right now I have it graded in my head at like a B minus, but I wanted this thing to be an A plus, and you know what it. It may be a C when I see it the second time. It may creep up to an A. I, you never know. These things grow on you and everything. But I got to see it again. But that was one expectation. I can just say that to be spoiler free. Don't expect this isn't Tim Burton's third Batman film. He is there. He has a purpose and he's there to help Barry. And this is a movie about Barry and Barry. Right. Fair to say he's he's a compliment. But this isn't Michael Keaton's Batman movie. I no. Think, I mean, yeah. It's called The Flash for a reason. I mean, I will say a, bol a very large bulk of the film is a, is with Barry and his younger self and doing what they do. I can't really say more, but it's it's Barry's movie. And Supergirl's there. Michael Keaton's there. Other versions of certain characters are there. But it is The Flash movie at the end of the day, which uh, I do like because I, I, I was a little worried that this would just be the Batman show with a little bit of Flash. Um, and I did want a Flash movie with Barry Allen because we've never had one before. And it, it is very much that. Um, so if you like The Flash, if you like Grant Gustin's TV show Flash, I'd say you'll probably enjoy this. If you like Batman overall in general, not just one actor or iteration of Batman, you'll probably like this. 
it's just it's just a fun superhero movie and in that regards maybe it'll resonate with general public because it's you know it's kind of just dc in general but yeah like you said it's going to be interesting if this opens to 70 80 90 100 million i don't know I think there's going to be walk-up business, but the, the amount of people that decide to just check this out at the last second next weekend, I don't know what that percentage of people is going to be. Yeah, I don't either. And the whole multiverse thing, too, is, you know, you you, you said this earlier in terms of Spider-Man, No Way Home, Into the Spider-Verse, etc. But with this, it's it's new. We haven't really dove, dived into this with DC. Mm-hmm. And so and it goes head. It goes all the way, man. It, it does. does. It does. Deep. So as we're waiting right now for uh, the second part of the show where Brian and, and Eric jump on, it was like uh, Eric's running a little late anyway. You, you um, I'll, I'll wrap my thoughts up as this. I like this movie a lot. I wanted to love it. I didn't love it. Ezra Miller is kind of a weird dude and he's got some issues. Hopefully he sorts those out. The, the performance is amazing. Uh, the stuff he does. And I always kind of get curious of Michael Keaton, was some sort of consultant on set because the whole multiplicity thing, how well he pulled that off because it's, there's some really good shit in there with that. And the whole entire cast is great. And it's truly a love letter. And you can tell that Andy Machete and, and company love these characters and put a lot of heart into it. I will say, I wonder how much of this film was kind of butchered up a little bit with changes because that I think is part of my issues also with the film is there's some rushed moments and it is, I agree. Uh, it's choppy. And they're like, I agree. Okay. I'm like that scene, I think had a major part that was cut out because of things. Like I agree. Things, right. Like I won't say I what, mean, but that, right. Once, once uh, James Gunn was, was hired to do a reboot at DC. I definitely think the ending changed. I think there's I rumor, there's rumors that like they were going to tease a crisis on infinite earth film. And I think they cut some stuff out about that. I think this movie, uh, I mean, you said it, it ends with like Michael Keaton as the Batman going forward. And there's just so much stuff that I, I that totally changed. Um, and I, I think it did kind of affect some things in terms of the plot of the movie. I'll say like the first two thirds are like an eight out of 10 for me, but the last third act is a six. Um, it's, it just feels a little rushed it's a problem with a lot of superhero movies. The third act is so challenging. Many superhero movies by the third act, they have such a great start and then they just resolve and just go to like plastic CGI figures punching each other. Even Wonder Woman that I love. The third act with her and CGI Ares punching each other, it's it's just like a regular generic uh, end to a superhero movie. So it's really hard. I'll say there's emotional moments in the third act amid all that CGI that helps it, but it's still just like a rock'em sock'em. And so I'd, I'd say I'd give the film maybe a seven because the first two thirds is like a solid eight. But the last act, the last act is a six also because it had, surprisingly enough, there's some pretty dodgy CGI. I, and I don't okay. think it's like, do you really believe that? I, this is so, a common complaint. I'm seeing it all over fucking Twitter. And I'm like, I don't agree with this. Like, what's wrong with it? I, I Maybe I'm not referring to the style uh, choices that Andy did with like the Speed Force. I'm talking okay. more of like the the desert stuff with Zod and everything. I just feel like a lot of it looked like a little plasticky. Like I feel like what they did in man of steel 10 years ago kind of looked a bit better. I don't know if, if you know, they were on budget constraints or they didn't have enough time. And I'm not saying that this is just a WB problem. I I still think CGI VFX companies are not being given enough time uh, or money to do their jobs properly. I mean, Ant-Man three, my opinion had some pretty horrific, CGI Black Adam with that whole Sabak demon character at the end of the third act, 
horrible like video game cutscene. I just I, we gotta we gotta make. What do you think of the Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus in terms of this? I, I feel like Lucasfilm does a pretty good job, and I feel like they may give their VFX studios a bit more time. Um, it, it just feels like for Marvel and DC and Fox, they really are just like. I don't know if they're not paying the VFX companies enough money or giving them realistic deadlines, but it just feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a harsh critic. It's just like when I can see everything looks like so plasticky, I'm like, we can get a, we can do a little better than with, and I, I will say before the third act, I feel like most of the visual effects were great. Batwing, Batman, the two Ezra Millers, uh, the opening sequence. I mean, I, I don't know. It it's just it's just a little complaint that I have. It just looked a little video gamey by the end of the movie. Well, and I feel that way about a lot of stuff. And 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 I and again, I like a lot of the Snyder stuff. And Man of Steel looks pretty damn great overall. But you get into B versus S, and especially Justice League, and I mean both versions of Justice League. There's some stuff in those films that are really not good. Oh no, they're not. Yeah, they're just... not. They're just. They're not good, and it looks really bad. So if you're a huge fan of those, but you're crapping on this, you might want to just kind of check, put that in perspective a little bit. Yes, I will say I, with the time and money they gave Snyder to finish the cut. Yeah, the VFX weren't that great, and considering all the reshoots with Justice League, uh, the, did you call? The, did, you, did, did, did you just call it Justice League? No, you. Yeah, didn't. I did. Yes, no, I did. Boo. <laughs> boo. Hey, no. I actually didn't. I didn't mind uh, what uh, Joss did with with Henry Cavill's Superman. I, I quite like some stuff there, but I'm just talking about when they reshot that movie. They didn't have a lot of time to do visual effects because it was months before release, and so the whole mustache removal thing, all the reshot Russia battle stuff. Yeah, those movies looked rough. Well, it's the second yeah. time Tom Cruise has ruined a DC film, man. <laughs> he he held Katie Holmes hostage, wouldn't let her do The Dark Knight. Is this is am I going? Is this too far? And then, you know, he makes Henry Cavill keep his mustache for reshoots. Yeah. Anyway, hey, boo, Mission, Impossible, Mission Impossible 7 was pretty good, though, with Henry Cavill. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe well, so so as, as we're still waiting on here, this is um, there's a there's a million things that I want to ask you and things that we can't really get into. But we both like the film. We're both excited to see it again. We're both encouraging people to go see it. We both have some issues with it. I feel like some issues overlap. Some are different. But ultimately, I think my issues, again, are more about expectations of certain characters and characterizations that didn't quite meet my standards or what I was hoping for. But now that I know that that's the way it is, I'll go in knowing that and we'll see what happens on Monday night when I see it. When do you, when do you plan on seeing it again? Uh, so I'm, I'll be traveling next weekend uh, uh, for Father's Day, uh, but I do plan on seeing this uh, very soon with my brother. Uh, he also grew up with the Keaton uh film i mean i i'd say the first like three superhero films my brother and i saw as little kids was like christopher reeve superman michael keaton batman and then i think the first superhero movie either of us ever saw in theaters was like toby Maguire's first spider-man uh so i know he has a connection to keaton i know he likes the flash as general i'm i'm sure he'll like to see all these characters so i'll see it again with him and i'm sure we'll have a good time uh, but yeah, I'll definitely see it again. And it was, it, it was very enjoyable. And there's things that I think I missed that I kind of want to recheck again. Uh, it's just all about expectations. I mean, it's, it's a funny movie at times. It's a dramatic film at times, the whole arc with Ezra, uh, as Barry and, and all the emotional stuff with Barry's mom is really aced perfectly. I, I I'll say the, the goods overweigh the bad. So it's just all what you expect going into it. Well, and there's Brian Chatlin. Yay! How are you doing, guys? Good. So Connor Brian and is the is one third of uh, 
friends from work, and then we have Courtney Cheek. So with the how you doing, us, Hey, I was looking at your background there. You are artificial background replacement of a bedroom. Uh, no, this is my bedroom. You're actually okay. <laughs> like it looked yeah. artificial for a minute. I'm like, that's an interesting choice. What is he doing? I was kind of, dude. I was kind of hoping you'd have windows open and we get a beach view. No, oh. I know. I know. He, he I lives in he, he lives in Galveston, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to live by the beach. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, let me ask you this: as uh, we're so Brian, we're we're talking about the Flash. Obviously, we saw it spoiler free, and, we, and we've done a really good job. So hopefully, in the last couple seconds here, I don't f it up. Right. But um, so Connor, <laughs> do you think? Let's just say that this thing ends up at, you know, 78% rotten tomato. I hate that we put so much weight on this, but it's just, the, it's just the way it is now. But so it's 78% or so it's fresh on rotten tomatoes on audiences or critics. And then on audiences, it's 82 or something. And it does 750, 800 worldwide. That's a good run. That's a good run. And those were, those would be good kind of metrics, right? If that happens, can, can, James Gunn ignore some of what transpired in this film. Michael Keaton, for example, is a good example of uh, some of the stuff I'm talking about. Just what do you think in terms of your prediction as we're wrapping up here? And there's Eric. Hey. Hello there. Hello there. Hey, I remember hey, you. Hey, I used to podcast with that guy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple times, he's, sure. He's a couple times. So, uh, Eric, Connor, Connor, Eric, you guys. Yes, so, I'm so, familiar. Yes. Yeah, he used to do some BOF <laughs> stuff with us back in the day. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Connor, um, before you jump off, so are we going to see Michael Keaton again? Just your predictions. Uh, gosh, I mean, I, I think this will stay fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't know about that box office. I, I think it might be closer to $600 million. I, I just, we don't know. Uh, that seems James low. Got, are you not uh, rooting I, for this to do well? I, I will I really do want this to do well. I just uh, I, I don't know. It's it's such a wild car how this is gonna do in terms of uh, legs after opening weekend and and what the international um, fanfare is like. I want it to do well because uh, it, there's a lot of good things in here that I would like to continue. And on Twitter, James Gunn has said he's interested in Elseworld films, and I still would love a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. I I, I think if this movie does solid enough at the box office he's gonna have to like obviously do his main dcu thing but probably be open to like elseworld movies like the batman joker joker 2 a michael keaton batman movie i mean there's money to be made in those like kind of side projects things yeah. absolutely and, and and like you said at the top of the show how easily he just slid back into the role like he just did this part three years ago not 1991 yes, was... when they filmed it the last one but 2020 i mean just a chef's kiss all right buddy well listen thank you so much man it was really nice running into you on monday yeah, yeah. absolutely and and the offer stands for you guys to come over for dinner one night so let me know that'd be that'd be great well uh you guys have have fun and and i will be sure to check out into the uh spider verse very very soon i need to get on top of that you yeah we do it's fantastic cool deal all right connor see you buddy see, see ya. ya all right cool he's off What's yes. up, Eric? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Straight, How's straight out of it? Gotham. Yeah, with your, yeah. With your hit podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, little, the little podcast that that could that could call it and is. Uh, yeah, we're doing uh doing pretty well. The group when, is when, growing on Facebook, and we're uh, uh, we keep adding viewers, listeners, and viewers. So it's been good. That's nice, man. When's your next show? 
Well, we're taking a break until after the flash. Uh, Pete didn't want to record. Uh, he wanted to kind of stay off the grid. He doesn't want the, anyone to spoil this movie for him. So until we decided, okay, we won't talk about anything until after the flash. So it'll be, it'll be next, I guess now next weekend is, is our show. When do you see it? I see it on, well, possibly Monday. Very possibly Monday. There's a chance I might get into this fan screening. I got to see. But if not Monday, I see it on Wednesday night. On Wednesday night. Yeah, I can't wait to discuss it with all you guys. Uh, So much to say on that. Well, um, thank you both for being here. Well, Brian, I can't thank you. This is your damn show, but you're here. I'm here with you, man. You're here with you. So, guys, (laughs) I I have not seen this new Spider-Man film yet. And it's not because I don't want to because I love the first one. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It just logistics with kids and summer. I just haven't had an opportunity to. And then when I, I, it was funny is I was actually going to go see it on Wednesday (laughs) night. And then I got an opportunity or I'm sorry, Monday night. Or when did I see flash? What night was that? Oh, you got, you got higher priorities. What's going on there? Whatever that that was, was the night we were supposed to see that. (laughs) You you got something shinier come in. Well, that uh, popped up. It fell on my lap and I was able uh to go. And so obviously I went to that, but we're going to go see it next week. Now, I was going to just sort of moderate this discussion real quick, just because I think it would be weird for me just to kind of jump off and go, bye. Bye. But I, but I don't care about spoilers on this thing. So I wanted to kind of do this as an interview format. If that was cool with you guys and y'all can bounce off each other. And Uh, and by the way, for, for viewers, this is, I've been waiting for a spoiler conversation on (laughs) Spider-Man. So if you haven't seen it, then swing away and then, uh, and then come back later. (laughs) So swing away. We're going to talk for the next 20 minutes or so about the show. Spoiler. And I have yeah. not seen it, but I'm, I'm good with that. So yeah. let's start with our, our guest, Brian. Let's start with Eric. So yeah. uh, first of all, good to see you, buddy. And listen, Eric and I have a great idea for an episode that we certainly stumbled onto for this, for Friends from Work. And you and I are going to do a show together. And we're going to talk about, and I haven't decided how to frame this from a marketing perspective, but I'm live, <laughs> so I'm going to keep talking. Eric and I were talking. It was like, dude, you remember having to stand in line for theater tickets or for concert tickets and you had to wait for Ticketmaster to open? He's like, yeah, remember when this and remember the TV guy and you had to wait for commercials and all of a sudden we're like, dude, this would be a great episode. So we're going to talk about that stuff, just like things of yesteryear in terms Mm. of logistics with pop culture because it's a the old man hour. We'll do the old, the old <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be nobody under 40 watching that. I, I resent that. that, but they're they're starting to show videos online of, of you know asking kids about things from the late 90s, early 2000s. And these kids have no idea what any of them are. And I'm just sitting here going, Well, oh, it's it, well, it's there. also just it's, it's logistics, happened. right? Oh. Like like it's logistics, you know. Yeah. I was, we were what my we were watching Back to the Future, Harper and I where it's my nine-year-old, and in the, in the present day, he's used like when he goes to the 1950s, he just walks over and goes, Oh, there's a payphone. She's like, What is that? I'm thinking, Wow, oh, she doesn't know what a payphone is. Mm-hmm. In, in 1985, in present day, everybody was still using a payphone just like 1955. So that wasn't something different. Yeah. Right. So just little things that are just nuts. But, um, but anyway, so that's, that's an episode that we're going to do. So jumping back into this. So, uh, Eric, for those that don't know you that are watching, what, um, kind of give us a, frame your fandom in terms of spider-man like where does that ring for you oh wow as far as comic book characters go um for me it's batman wolverine and then spider-man so spider-man is my third in the hierarchy of of comic book heroes that's a solid Uh, lineup i didn't know wolverine was that high for you man okay yes wolverine is is my uh my second favorite but yeah spider-man is third uh grew up uh, reading some of the books 
And then, of course, they had like these weird Spider-Man things on certain that remember the old TV show that they had, that terrible TV show. Electric Company? Watch, yes, the, <laughs> the Electric Company as well. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. all of that stuff growing up, I would watch uh, Spider-Man. And then, yeah, when uh, I never forget when the first movie was announced, when they, the first Sam Raimi movie was announced, I was like saying, like, is this real? Like, I really never thought we yeah. would get uh that kind of a film at that time and and when i saw it rick i know you have problems with it but when i <laughs> when i saw it um rick no <laughs> yeah when i first saw that movie, Frank collar <laughs> nobody could tell me like to me that was the standard of comic book films at the time like of course the batman movies had come out already but that first one i was like wow you know this is fantastic and yeah and i but i've always been a fan i've always been a fan of spider-man since i was young obviously there's that period where you don't want to deal with it you know you don't think it's cool to like anything from your childhood anymore so i went through that as well and then as i got a little yeah. i got a little older and then I, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and my nephews started to get into this stuff so they kind of pulled me back in and that's where how my fandom evolved nice and you know those years were rough man when we were when it wasn't cool, so we had to hide it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can remember losing a date. She comes over to my house like my freshman year in high school, and I have this like fishnet. I stole it from like a Captain D's or Long John Silver's or whatever those, those places are. Oh, like, literally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it had Keaton Nicholson, all kinds of stuff, Frank Miller, and it had it had toys. I don't I don't remember what run it was. I couldn't tell you, but they were anyway. It was almost inspired from the TV show because the penguin looked a lot like Burgess Meredith hanging off the net. I had this whole thing, the shelf with comic books. And she walks in, she's like, are you into Batman? You're like 14. I'm like, and it goes away. <laughs> and, <laughs> that one, and it disappeared yeah. for a few yeah. years. So yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Um, no, that's great. So, and by the way, I really, really, really love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Just so we're clear. Yes, I, I know it. you like too. Love that it's movie. It's still one of the best Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And William Dafoe, by the way, did an amazing job. And far from home. I can't lie, he did. I liked him a lot better in that than I did the uh, original. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he was too uh, too much in the first one. It always felt way too cartoony for me in the first one. But when he came back and you start leveling it off with um, the deception and with the everything else, where he's flat out lying to you when he's being nice, suddenly, yeah, he turned into a scary character. I don't know that I, I was ever actually scared of him or intimidated before. I hated that I loved that performance. I'm like, maybe I'm yeah. slowly kind yeah. of becoming a William Dafoe fan. It took me a hot minute. But well, anyway, so a, he's been on a good run. Yeah, so. no, he has. Um, so, Brian, I know you're a Spider-Man super fan and yeah. you were Spider-Man for when I was doing Superman. I only did it for a couple of years. You did Spider-Man for like for a decade. decade. A decade. Yeah. Like wow. I remember pictures of you. You were like hanging off the, the windows at the Dallas children's hospital and stuff yeah. like that really entertaining yeah. kids with leukemia and man just doing god's work brother well and, and doing it. the um appearances uh, school assemblies talking to kids for an hour about bullying and child abuse or fitness or that kind of thing yeah um, yeah they had me bounce around and doing stuff for a while so i i had to learn the character <laughs> yeah 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 big deal all right, guys. So we all three love the first film. Don't hold back with me yep. here. It's cool. I don't. I, I'm good with spoilers on this. I kind of know everything at this point, anyway. So, Eric, uh, what are your thoughts on on this new movie? I didn't think you could top the first one, but this mm. is a, this is one of the rare instances where the sequel is better than the original. Is it? Wrong? I was worried about that part. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Okay, for me, up. for me, it was. For me, it was. I mean, you might have a different reaction, but for me, it definitely was. Uh, it's a richer story. I thought um, 
there's a lot of elements to it. There's a lot of layers to it, but mm -hmm. none of them get cheated. It's very well put together. Um, they all intertwine and intersect at the right times. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, the vocal performances were fantastic. Everything that was great. Um, you know, um, Oscar Isaac does. Yes. Um, yeah, he's in it. I forget the one, the Spider-Man he plays. There's so many of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's like a he's like a weird, different kind of Spider-Man, I guess. Like he's borderline vampire. Yeah, he's kind of like a vampire. So that was a weird, a weird different thing for yeah. me. But yeah, it, it's just really, really well done. And this could be, it could be, I always, every time I watch an animated movie, I always try and say, could this work in live action? Could this be something they could do? And it would cost a lot of money <laughs> because there's a lot of technical elements they'd have to do, but yeah. it would be a fantastic live action movie. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. I really, really love it. Rick, I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait either. My girls, are, everybody's excited. In fact, uh, with my stepkids, we were talking. I think we're going to all go as a big group over the next couple of nights. So one common complaint I've heard about this, Eric, and then and Brian, and then you jump in, is uh, it's not. there's not very many people complaining about this at all. But the one consistent semi-complaint is that if they felt like it was just kind of setting up for the next chapter. Did you feel that at all? Or does, does this feel like a complete independent film on its own? Yeah, go for well, it, Eric. Well, I already knew they were making another one, right? So yeah. if going into something like, I say this all the time, if you're watching a trilogy, the second movie is setting up the third one, right? So if that's what, I knew this was split into two parts. So yes, there's obviously that element of, yet yeah, it's leading into what's finally going to happen in the third one. But I never, even how it ends, I never thought at one point that it was just, a connective piece, like a movie that was a connective tissue piece. I never thought that at all. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to me, I just got so ingrained in the story. I wasn't even, I didn't even care about that. So I think be, anytime a movie is really good, I think people just try to nitpick and find things to dislike. And when I heard that complaint, I'm like, you know, there's no one coming after it. So why in the world? Of yeah. course, that's part of the film. That's what it's doing. Yeah. There's a conclusion to this story. We didn't get it. It's coming. So yeah, that's there, but is it like blatant? Does it take you out of the film? Not at all. Good. Not at all. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, Brian, I got a, I got a, a follow up one because it's Go interesting. It. I don't I don't think of this as a trilogy. It is. Um, so part one was a standalone movie. If the if the whole thing had ended there, it would have been perfect and standalone and amazing. Right. Um, which is the way it is with a lot of trilogies. They started off with a this is a standalone just in case. And uh, this one doesn't feel like part two of three. It feels like there was the first movie, and this is the first part of a two-parter. Uh, this it is not its own complete story. It is into the second act of the story, yeah. Which is really amazing. Talking about how full it is, and talking about how much is going on. It's a two-hour and twenty-minute movie, and it is into the second act. So, in terms of people saying, "Oh, it's it, it yes, yes. There's a big story happening. There's a lot of story elements, and you're right. They all intersect at just the right times, and it felt so good. Um, but it's not part two of a trilogy in my brain. It's part one of a two-parter. That, so, that, that almost sounds like the Matrix, uh, the initial Matrix sequels to me. Yeah, you're right, because the second Wait, movie was not a standalone. The second movie was basically just opening things up for the big conflict in the third. And in right? and, and some ways, even really Back to the Future 2 and 3 were felt that way as well. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, you guys kind of run with it. Like, just, I want to hear, like, 
Oh man. So I'll, 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 Eric, I'll ask you this. So you, you loved it. It was a more rich story. Ex peel back that onion a little bit more for us. What do you, what yeah. do you mean by that? Just because the characters are established and we able to, to see more of them or was it just, well, specifically Gwen, right? They okay. really dive into Gwen in this one. And I think, uh, which the first film, I felt like she was part of it, the story, but this one, she's literally for half the film, she's the main character. So you have her story, you have Miles's story, and they're obviously the two main stories, but there's, there's so much in it. There's so many other Spider-Men that get a chance to shine in this. Uh, Peter B. Parker comes back, so you get to see what he's up to now. Yeah. That character was a big part of the first one. He's in this one in a nice looking bathrobe. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and he has and he has a child. So that's yeah. another thing. Um, but yeah, like it's very, it's just so layered. And the like I said, none of the characters get get cheated. Their stories are rich, complete. Like Brian said, if I mean we know a second a next one's coming, but it could if it ended before before the last part, you you wouldn't be happy because. It's leading into the next, yeah. to the next one, but there's a point where if they cut it at that, this, the edit at this certain point for like, I want to say like the last maybe 25 minutes, it, that could have been it. You could have just yeah. had the movie. Yeah. For me, I thought there was a point where I'm like, all right, it could end here, and but then you got the last part where they go, but where he goes back and and um, I don't want to say, well, we're spoiling, right? We're so, spoiling, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he goes back to the the earth where the spider who bit him 42 42 yes was from and that's not where he that he he was really from yeah so that's where but if they like if they didn't if they cut it right before that where he just came back and he kind of lands there and they just ended the movie there i think you could be like okay that's fine that was a good movie too yeah all right do you agree with all that brian I agree with all that. It's um, I'm, I'm, you get my brain going now. I'm trying to think of if they if they had decided to make this its own standalone, where what storyline would they have cut out? And uh, uh, I, I don't know what, what they could have cut out just in case they needed to trim the fat and just make it its own standalone. Um, it, there's so many different story threads going on, um, almost like a spider's web. <gasps> um, <laughs> Don't shake Dude. your head at me. I see you. No. Don't shake your head at me. You called on you. You asked. You invited me out here for this. Uh, well, if you if you when you go see the movie, Rick, it, it, he's go he's see the movie. Right. Come on, man. I'm just um, trolling. I I I love all the different threads. It's really interesting how many things um, they threw into the background. All the little glimpses of different costumes. All the different of everything else. If you don't know what you're looking at, cool. It's a it's a basically it's a council of Ricks for Spider Man. And uh, and you just got a whole bunch of a uh, bunch of different costumes, colorful in the background. But if you know what you're looking at, if you actually have any idea of how, all of the different variations of Spider-Man, like there's so much to feed off of in the background. Um, there's a couple of pieces that I want to I want to throw out there for for discussion. I want to get your take on this because um, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about it. They had uh, live action clips in this. Yes, which ties them into because every universe every one of those spider-man is a different style of animation yeah. is a different style of art so they're all from different universe and they're showing things from live action um which yeah. uh they showed the woman in the convenience store in venom yep so they are now tied into 
because Venom is now tied into the MCU. So my question here is, is this Sony doing what Sony keeps doing, which is going, we're in the MCU too. And sometimes the MCU goes, uh, no, we'll not. <laughs> and sometimes they do Morbius and then the MCU goes, no, no, no absolutely not. Well, so, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this real fast. I was like, I, I'm cool with spoilers. I'm, I'm sitting here going, why am I sitting through this right now? That would have been cool to see. <laughs> now, you now, said. Screw it. I'm just going to ask questions about it. Anyway, okay, go ahead, Eric. Go. No, no. No, I mean, yeah, you see you see Andrew Garfield. Yes. Obviously, we know what you see Andrew Garfield in this. He's he when they're. Did he, did, he, first... did, he fil- did he film something for this? Is it something? No, like... it's just a it's a clip from the first um, Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, I yep, see. You see. A little see. piece of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they bring him in. You don't see any Tom Holland, though. Like there's nothing. I don't see anything with Tom Holland. So and that's maybe, one of my questions, because yeah. there's a couple of very key points that they didn't show that would have directly tied it to the MCU. But it's almost like they're hoping like there's there's enough close points that could bring in bring them into the live action universe, which well, would be cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, Garfield is part of that universe now, so. Yeah. Even showing him the connected, the connection could be made to say, "Oh, yeah. well, this is the same." I mean, obviously, this is across the Spider Verse, right? So every right. Spider-Man ever made is is possible. It was potentially There's- part of the story, but it's yeah, it's a question as to whether Marvel will tuck them in. So yeah, I'm really curious about that. Um, and it took me a minute to catch the reference when you saw D- uh, uh, Donald Glover. Yes, um, Donald Glover in the uh, Prowler costume. Yeah. That's from um, uh, the interrogation scene in um, uh, Homecoming. Yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, oh, when yeah. he when he when he talks I, to him, I, out forgot, in the I forgot garage. he was. I forgot he was in that. That's he right. was in yeah. that, and it, it took me a minute to catch that reference. Is when he when he uh, uh, webs his hand to the trunk, and he's sitting there talking to him, and he's like, "Man, you got to get better at this part of the job." Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. Get, yeah I remember that. That's a <laughs> great that. scene. Such so, an underrated movie. It's an underrated. So you see him standing there uh, talking and, to you, Nico. Go ahead. What's that? friend of me and eric's go ahead <laughs> all right um but uh, but you see him standing there in, in the the costume and it took me a second to refer to remember that they had referenced his uh nephew miles lives in that area and he's got family man you got to mm-hmm. keep this place safe um like yep. there's an entire loop back in there which is brilliant so that's them actually actively tying into um yeah. some different elephant elements so i'm i'm loving all of that i'm eager to see where they go with the next movie is are they going here's the question are they going to try to bring Miles into live action MCU? Well, since they introduced the multiverse, they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very possible they could bring him in. Yeah. Uh, Isn't as... it kind of inevitable at this point, you think, Eric, that there's a live action? I mean, there's that great line with Jamie, Jamie Foxx and uh, Andrew Garfield at the uh, end of No Way Home. Say, like, man, cool kid, web slinger from Brooklyn. I really thought you're gonna be black. Maybe there's a black Spider-Man <laughs> out there somewhere. That's a great line, and I would. I know it's kind of just a nod to, to all of us, but I would. Yeah. I would think that they would. I mean, what do you think, Eric? Are they gonna bring Miles to live action? I mean, like I said, they could. I don't know if they're going to. Uh, there's talk now that that Tom Holland actually has signed a contract to play him again. I heard a rumor about that not too long ago. Um, it's not completely finalized, but they're pretty much have decided he's coming back. It's just they don't know what the number is going to be. Um, he just did that show that I believe is on Apple Plus or Hulu or one of the those streamers. So, And he said he's taking a year off. So whatever they're doing, it's at least a year from now that they'd start developing the story or, or putting it in pre-production. But 
Yeah, so, I mean, if he's coming back, he's their Spider-Man. How are you going to fit Miles in unless you do a multiverse story, uh, which is kind of what they did in just the last one, so. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or do you have a coexisting Spider-Man live-action film with Miles and that, and then maybe they intersect, intersect down the road? Well, with the know. Kangs, with the, if they manage to figure out how to resurrect the, the Kang dynasty with the Kang storylines, um, that whole thing exists in multiverse. Yep. Um, so yes. that basically shoes that in. Um, by the way, side note, uh, talking about the different universes, um, the Lego scene. Mm -hmm. Do you know the story behind that? Do you know what's going on with that? I don't. The uh, um, One of the heads for the movie, I forget which one it was, but uh, one of the heads for the movie, he saw a clip that a 14-year-old kid um, wow. He animated some scenes. It was the um, uh, first trailer for Homecoming. He went and did that in his computer in Lego. Wow. And it was so good that they went back to this kid and said, hey, make us a scene for the movie. And his dad went and, and uh, souped up their computer at home, and he got 30 seconds in this. Uh, and that Lego was done by a 14-year-old kid in his home computer. That's fantastic. It, I mean, it was cool. it was a great scene. It was. That is cool. The where they throw it in is perfect. Like they it's throw perfect. it in, you're like, that's Lego. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Lego universe too. Yeah. But hey, there's a Lego movie, right? And we have Lego Batman. So oh, tying in, I you know, bring it on, man. There that's so that's so great. So Brian, you yeah. had uh, just as we're kind of wrapping up the the tail yeah. end of this, you had another thing you had written down, right or no? Did I? I don't know. You said you had two things or no? Two things. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. I was just I trying to help. I, you. I was, I was just trying I to no help you stay on about. track, buddy. <laughs> I need <laughs> help to stay on track. So I know there's a uh, uh, Disney just came out with a trailer for a Stan Lee uh, docu series, and I'm looking forward to that. That looks like it's going to be absolutely endearing. I got to check that out soon. Well, let me ask. Yeah, that does sound great. Let me ask you a question, Brian. So, yeah, uh, Eric liked it better than than the original. Where, where do you stand on that? Um, the original stands on its own two feet. Um, the original was brilliant because of all of the character introductions and it was amazing. This is amazing because of where it can go. Um, so that remains to be seen. Um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta bring it home. The first one brought it home at the end of its own storyline. This one, this, the next movie has to bring it home. I loved it. There's so much to it. I want to go to Moom. How do you say it? Moombatan? Moombatan. Moombatan. Yeah, I want to go to Moonbatten. I, I want to, you know, <laughs> it looked amazing. Yes, I loved all was, of that. It's an uh, Indian Manhattan. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love the passion and the enthusiasm from you guys on this, and I, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see it. I can't believe I haven't. I mean, I love that first film. I remember watching it, and I was shocked about how much I loved it, just because, admittedly, animation is, uh, it's you know, it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah. Um. But when things start to draw me in, like Eric shamed me into watching Clone Wars, for instance, <laughs> over the years. And, it, and, it, and, it, and well, you're developed. I mean, you can't if you're a fan of this stuff, you can't yeah. you can't deny the richness and the uh, the uh, the character building and world building it's doing by itself that yeah. lends itself to live action, especially now with Star Wars. Those are they yeah. are married, <laughs> especially Disney Plus really um, solidified yeah. that. But in terms of this, I, I think that, like, I love Lego Batman. Love it, love it, love it. I think it's a love letter to Batman. I think it's pure joy. 
but I won't lie. I think my favorite animated film is that first Spider-Man. And so this is, I'm really, really stoked. It's, with this. Uh, the animation, uh, it, it gets a little loud at times. Um, it, that's part of what it is. It gets a little loud at times, but the animation is beautiful. Every frame of it. Um, the music in the first one was, was one of the big things. Some of those sequences and some of those scenes set to the right music. Was oh incredible. man. They've got some of that going on with this one. Um, I, the funny thing is everybody that talks about this movie, nobody says much about miles actual story. Um, we were all talking about everything else on the bigger picture, but yeah. I hear very people talking about it. Miles actual story. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, it's the, I mean, it's the undercurrent of the whole movie. Yeah. But there's so many things going on around it, but they do always bring you back to. But it's story. funny that it's the undercurrent. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And this one specifically. Yes, it is. Yes. Do they, do they balance it? Well, Eric, I thought they did. Yeah. Like every time, every time something happens, it ties back into miles. Right. Yeah. So it, yeah. so all this great stuff is going on and then bam, this yeah. is my, like it's miles. Yeah. So it does it, but still like Brian said, for a lot of the film, you're drawing, you're being pulled in all these different directions and miles is kind of just there. He's, then, he's almost the uh, audience's avatar for half the movie. He's the yeah. one that's being brought along and he has no idea what he's looking at. Just like the rest of us. Well, in this, he really doesn't. That's part of yeah. the story. Like he doesn't know anything about anything else except where he lives and his yeah. specific job as Spider-Man. Nice. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's the growth of him in this one. Like you see growth by the end because he goes through all this stuff that he, he now understands what his, his role is bigger than just yeah. Spider-Man. So Eric, how many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. When are you gonna see it again? I don't know. There's so much going on. I saw Transformers Wednesday. Uh, really? And I have, I have the Flash coming up. So I go to the movies a lot, but I still have to, you know, I have other things I have to do in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> so I can't just go to the movies all the time. Thing, whatever. But but um, oh, I like Transformers. This was a very good one. Okay. Uh, fun. Yeah, it's a fun film. Most of them are, but this one actually has a story. It's a good story. Uh, the human element is is, and the robots mission is aligned pretty much. So it's very very good. Obviously, if you're a fan of Transformers, Peter Cullen's voice is just yeah, like Optimus Prime. Forget it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so good. So hearing him again, uh, Anthony Ramos is fantastic. Dominic Fishback is fantastic. Uh, it's based in 1994. So for me, the soundtrack. It's all hip um, 90s hip hop, and I love 90s hip hop. So yeah. for me, it was per listening to that stuff, watching the dude, film. That's right up your alley, dude. Yeah. That I was love so awesome. is this is this going off of the Bumblebee storyline or timeline? Yeah. Okay. It's technically it's a soft reboot. He they mention in the film, they reference the first the Bumblebee movie. Okay. So they do reference it. It's very short, it's not long. Okay. Uh, but they do reference that he's been here longer than the rest of them, and he's had yeah. um relationships with humans before nice so that's okay. kind of the nod to it but it's if you don't it's not the bay movies at all no well that's good because i liked the bumblebee movie that actually was a really yeah. well done it was kind of like yeah. a love letter i liked it Fine. yeah this is this is a follow-up to that and it's okay. um it's a little bit more traditional the end of the world type you know we got to save the world type thing and yeah. unicron's in it if you're a fan of the franchise unicron yes. Is the, yes he's in it uh so that's you know Okay. That's a great thing 
to just to see him on screen, uh, not in the cartoon form was great to see, but you don't, he doesn't transform. That's the one thing I'll say. He doesn't transform into his robot in this one. So you, we might have to wait. I think they're setting up this to be, if this one does well, to be kind of a trilogy type deal. And then okay. you with Unicron being the big, the Thanos the big in bad. the background. Yeah. Love it. Fine. So go see okay. Transformers. Well, before we do plugs, any final thoughts on? I, I got Spider-Man? one for you, Rick. I got a special request. Um, just because I, I'd love to love to hear it. Uh, have you gone to take your girls to see Little Mermaid yet? No, that's on. That is on our list. In fact, with my two daughters, Hadley, my oldest, that's her number one choice. Harper's is Spider Man, but I think with like their stepsister that they worship, who's sixteen, yeah. she she wants to see Spider Man. So I think that's the one we're all going to go see first. So okay. yeah, but no, we will go see Little Mermaid for sure. In fact, I, I've it, got them for the summer. That is, I have to do that, or I'm the worst dad on the planet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. see, I want to go see it, but part of it is I want um, the the experience of a movie that you and your wife grew up with um being redone live action and kind of bring new generations into it man i'd love to talk to you like what kind of what what were their takes on it what what their responses were to it yeah absolutely i think there'll be something that uh yeah it'll be worth discussing for sure cool but so we'll let our guests have the last word here but brian what do you think in terms of just any final words on spider-man uh no loved it it's amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it superhero movies are getting better and better Every time you, you, you see one, you go, oh, this is the new definitive. Uh, a couple of years later, something else comes out and you kind of back up a half a step and go, oh. So, no, I'm loving it. Um, I, I'm eager to see what happens next. It's, it's good to say that because sometimes we get wrapped up in certain films not being great. Not everything lands for everybody, right. us, us included. And then we start saying, is the genre, is the whole thing, is it watered down? Is it, but, no. you, but you pull back and say... The Batman, Spider-Man. I mean, there's some phenomenal films. Guardians 3 was fantastic. Just amazing stuff. And I would say that I think The Flash is probably going to be in that for a lot of people, possibly even me, myself. But Really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. So where can people find you, Brian? We're going to give, like I said, Eric, the last word here. At Chatland Photo? Yeah, at, at Chatland Photo on Instagram. I'm your friendly neighborhood photographer. Give me a call or text me or something. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, he's good. Headshots, wedding photos. Well, you know, you do a lot of corporate stuff these days. Though. I do a lot of corporate stuff. Um, branding, marketing, just, um, yeah, if you're if you're trying to put a, a brand together, give me a call. I can help you out. Damn fine photographer. Okay, Eric, Thank my you, friend, thanks for doing this, first of all, buddy. Yeah, especially, no especially Especially last minute. I'm looking forward to just having a one-on-one chat about old man stuff. Uh, final <laughs> words on Spider-Man and then, and, then, and then plug away, man. Well, kind of just to piggyback off what you guys have been saying, uh, coming off of No Way Home being such a great Spider-Man film, I felt like even though this was end, coming off of um, Into the Spider-Verse, which was such a great first film, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on this movie um, for just for the brand. And although I didn't expect it to be bad, um, you know, both of those films to be are are top level like into the spider-verse was top level so was no way home so you have this these two great spider-man films and then this one was coming next i felt felt like i had a lot to live up to and it even surpassed that for me it was it was so good uh i everyone should go see it if if you're a fan of spider-man go see it if you're not a fan of spider-man go see it it's just a good movie it has a really good story it'll pull you in um i even think for some kids it might be too it might go over their head i think they'll like the you know the obviously the colors and the characters and what they are but even if the kids are too young they might go over the head but they'll still enjoy it yeah so that's the thing i think and everyone can go see this film 
I don't think there's anything scary where a kid might freak out. I didn't, at least I didn't think so, but I'm not a parent, so <laughs> I don't want to say that. But I, definitely everyone go see this movie. Uh, and yeah, let me know what you think about it too. Love it. Where, where can we find you on social media, sir? Well, you see all my socials down there. The first one is my direct account. It's at finally 33 on Twitter. The second one is for straight out of Gotham, which is the show that I co-host with Peter Vera at straight underscore O underscore G. And the third one is for my Knicks live stream, New York Knicks live stream that I do at all underscore Nick underscore up every Wednesday night plays a live stream that me and a couple of my Nick fan friends do to commiserate together about the New York Knicks. <laughs> nice. What is your favorite Texas sports team? If you had to choose. Rangers, oh, Cowboys, Astros, Knicks. Stars. Mm. Who do you hate the least? <laughs> Who do I hate? Yeah, right. Probably the Stars. I probably hate go. the Stars the least. Okay. Uh, I hate the Astros. Oh, God, I hate the Astros. Man, here in Houston, fans, so yeah. they are their fans are yeah. more obnoxious than Cowboys fans. I'm telling you, it's uh, crazy. No, no, yeah, they, everybody in Dallas is fickle, fickle, fickle. They're fans when teams are winning, but when teams aren't winning, they could care less. Well, people say that, but we have been pretty damn loyal with the Cowboys that haven't really been good since 1997, so there is that. But anyway, okay. I digress. Well, I will yeah. – as possible – I might. the Jets play Dallas in Dallas this year. Me and my friends are just talking about going, so I might be – down there in September. You please come. And I'm trying to get up there to see Back to the Future this year. We're trying to make that happen. So I'll let you know when we do as well. So right. anyway, thanks again, buddy. We'll see you soon on on a show. Yes, Brian, sir. good to see you, man. Good to see you. It's been we, a minute since we've been Me and Courtney, you got to do something just the three of us. All right. So we are the friends from work. We appreciate you listening. Follow me on Twitter at, sh- at well, no, I'm not Shoe Rick anymore. I had to go a little incognito. Long story. At Dick Shoes born from the uh, BOF days, but it's D-I-C-K-S-H-E-W, my last name. That's my Twitter handle. Follow us at Friends Work Pod, everywhere on social media, iTunes, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. I'm Rick Shue, Brian Chatlin, Courtney Cheek. We're the Friends from Work. Thank you very much. I